Welcome to Financial Crime Matters with Kieran Beer. I'm Kieran Beer, Chief Analyst and Director of Editorial Content for ACAMS, the world's largest membership organization for anti-financial crime professionals. In this episode of Financial Crime Matters, I talk with Ilza Zunatina, head of the Financial Intelligence Unit in Latvia for the past four years. Ilza talks about how the Baltic region has rallied to impose sanctions on Russia in the wake of its invasion of Ukraine, and about Latvia's success in avoiding being gray-listed by the FATF. I hope you enjoy the podcast and will subscribe to Financial Crime Matters either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Here we go. Well, it is a real pleasure today for me to be able to speak with Ilza Znowatina, who is the head of the financial unit in Latvia, a position that she's held for a little more than three years. During turbulent times, I think it's safe to say, and during a time of real change and reform. Ilza, thank you for being here. Thank you, Kieran, for inviting me. I want the first question to be about sanctions and about Russia and the whole situation. And maybe if you can, uh, we've just met at a face-to-face uh, at a conference in Lithuania. It was a pleasure to see you there. And in Lithuania, you were there, folks from uh, Estonia and also, of course, Lithuanians. And can you frame a little bit for people that are not in the region what the Russian invasion has meant to the region? Sure. It's kind of very complicated to describe it and remain professional since Baltic states have suffered a lot of very similar situations that Ukraine is suffering right now. Thankfully, not in the recent years and not in recent periods. Basically, we know what it means to be enacted, what it means to have such threat from your neighbors. And we are sharing the borderline with Russia, the same as with Belarus. 30 years ago, we were in the same country, which is Soviet Union, with Ukrainian brothers and friends. Basically, it is some kind of reminder what has happened during those 30 years. And we believe that Latvia's accession to EU has made the change the same as us being part of NATO. We believe that it uh, has some safeguarding effect to our countries, but we believe that nevertheless, we have to be as responsible and as solidar with Ukrainian brothers when they are fighting not only for themselves, but also for us in Baltic states and in Europe, and maybe even much broader sense. From professional point of view, being a head of financial intelligence unit for last four years, I was always reminding everybody who had the pleasure to listen to me that illicit uh, financial flows, money laundering, terrorism financing, proliferation financing, and all those systems that have been built during the last uh, 30, maybe less years in order to prevent criminality is not just about the prosperity, some economic benefit of the country or the region. It is about security. But not only national, I would say it's even has a broader effect, a regional one. So therefore, when Latvia has been hit by the crisis, uh, financial sector and AML systems crisis uh, four years ago, we basically tried to reform our system in a way that not only we become compliant with international standards, 
not only we implement all the recommended actions made by FADAF and Moneyval, but we also try to make our system stronger from the security point of view. This uh, is something that allows us to say right now that is something that I wanted to share also in the conference that you are referring right now, that we shall remain as active as possible also in implementation of sanctions, since that is the only tool that we have right now in order to stop the aggressor and something, uh, such tool where the compliance officers, where the FIUs, where the security offices of different governments can play a crucial role. I think this really leads to a very specific question about the sanctions and the role of the FIU in Latvia. What kind of challenges have you faced? You've expressed a certain amount of dedication and zeal to making those sanctions work. What's been involved in that? FIUs traditionally have kind of narrow role in uh, implementation of sanctions. Uh, and that was uh, very similar also for FIU Latvia. Three, four years ago, nobody really cared about FIUs being involved in any discussions in relation to sanctions. But then, as I already mentioned this in 2018, there was an ABLV banks crisis here in Latvia when FinCEN, US Treasury Agency, blacklisted that bank that was third largest bank in Latvia. And we also, the same year, we received a very, very negative assessment of Moneyval, mutual evaluation report of our country that basically defined our country as failed from the effectiveness point of view of AML, CTF system. And during that assessment and those events, I came to FIU. I started to work here just uh, almost four years ago. Uh, before that, uh, fully uh, dedicating myself to the private sector activities. I was a 28 law. But then when I came here, I realized that I have very complicated tasks to be fulfilled. I was appointed as the head of delegation to FADAF, and I was also appointed as the head of working group for implementation of all the recommended actions made by FADAF and Moneyval, which um, also included one particular aspect, which was uh, proliferation financing and uh, sanctions in that field, where Latvia received failed grade or mark, meaning low effectiveness. And I realized that I don't understand at all what I have to do in order to implement those recommended actions here. So what I did, we started with FIU to think about how to really raise awareness, not only for ourselves, but for general public, for different agencies that are involved in um, implementation and application of sanctions. And we started to organize conferences on different uh, topics in relation to sanctions. So in 2019, we organized the first conference on proliferation financing. Then the next one was on private sector involvement on, in sanction application. Then last year, it was on Belarus sanctions and so on and so on. Besides, we also keep the sanctioned persons list. So we are the ones who are you know, like keeping that software that allows to search for sanctions or sanctioned persons uh, so that private and public sector 
is not experiencing any troubles with um, understanding who particularly is sanctioned by one or another authority. And then third thing is, of course, uh, sanction evasion or sanction circumvention, where in case such thing is happening, the private and public sector actors should report to FIU. But on the first day of war, I understood that, basically realized that most probably we will face the situation when the sanctioned persons most probably will try to circumvent those sanctions. And that meant that basically we need to have some different channels, some different mechanisms for cooperation so that there is a very clear exchange of information, very clear ways of exchange of information, and uh, that we got to know everything that is happening in our jurisdiction very soon after this has happened. So therefore, we used our very well set up public-private partnership platform that we are using mostly, of course, we have used that mostly for AML matters since 2018, but we organized basically another flow of information. We called together state security office, different registries, law enforcement agencies, supervisors, and biggest banks so that the exchange of information happens very thoroughly. I know that at the conference, you expressed some concern that some were not carrying their weight on sanctions. I mean, you described all that's going on in Latvia. But what is your concern for the region about who's not doing enough? Or can you say a little bit more about that? The most important thing is that there's no harmonized approach in Europe. We do not have one single agency who is responsible not only for imposing sanctions, which is European Commission, but then who is responsible for guiding all countries in harmonized and unified way to implementation of those sanctions. Who is responsible for answering immediate questions if such arise? Who is controlling how the countries apply the sanctioning regime? I would not like to name some particular country, but right now when we see that there is an information in the registries uh, of uh, European Commission uh, where all countries, all European member states can submit an information on how much has been frozen by that particular country, whether financial means or some other assets, movable or immovable, we see that at least a week ago, I haven't checked that uh, recently, but a week ago, there were just 14 countries that submitted information on their activity in relation to the uh, implementation of sanctioning regime. And then another ones were have not sent any information to that registry. But also from the amounts that we see there, there is a huge difference in the amounts frozen by one or another member state, which means that most probably the interpretation uh, of uh, the sanctions and the application of it is not really happening in a harmonized way. I also believe that this is about the overall capacity of different stakeholders to really implement those sanctions. We know that very many agencies that are responsible for doing this 
are under-resourced. Some of them, like different registries, are not having a capacity, not technical nor intellectual. And basically, right now, I think they are caught in some kind of like surprise situation when they realize that there are some some duties put on their shoulders. I guess I want to talk a little bit about it is an ongoing issue and FATF is trying to get its arms around this about how you deal with DNFPBs and how they facilitate sanctions evasion, but how they facilitate financial crime in general. And I wondered if you could say something about where you see that issue and is that a problem in this current sanctions enforcement effort? that these are lightly regulated areas, the DNFPBs, and how you see it in terms of the total financial crime picture? Definitely. That is something what I would like to bring to the attention of FADAF and some other international organizations and also to single member states that lawyers and other DNFPBs, they are not controlled enough. The self-regulated bodies are not so willing to control their friends, colleagues, horse mates, classmates uh, in a way that would be required in order not to really to facilitate the illicit activities that are happening also in the financial sector. And that also is the same in case of sanctions. As we know that circumvention or evasion of sanctions that is happening in a very similar manner as the regular money laundering, some transaction, some activity. And in that case, that is something that we noticed uh, during the first weeks of war. Those sanctioned persons who try to circumvent sanctions, they, of course, they use lawyers for drafting some documents to, let's say, transfer the title on their property title or there is some information on them being ultimate beneficial owners so that those documents can be submitted to different registries. So I want to talk for a minute about some of the things that you, it's a four-year term, I think, right? The FIU? Yes. It seems like it's been an amazing nearly four years, uh, lots of accomplishments, and maybe you can talk a little bit about them. Latvia was looked at as a place that might end up on the gray list and didn't. There's some credit due there to you and a lot of other people, perhaps. And also, you know, you've kind of launched a whole center for excellence and everything else. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the accomplishments of the last four years? Yeah, definitely. That's my favorite subject, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, it's really a wonderful feeling to understand and to realize that not only we have implemented the uh, recommended actions that Moneyval recommended to us four years ago. And that would be something like a tick a box example uh, sometimes. And some countries could see that as, okay, we have implemented them. We got out of trouble. We have not been gray listed by FADAF. But now it's time to celebrate, to go back to our old habits. That was not the case with Latvia. Four years ago, as I said, I was in a private sector. I never wanted to join FIU or any other public sector agency. But then when announcement came out on ABLV, I realized since I was at that time also the advisor to Ministry of Finance here in Latvia and also my team uh, when I was in the private sector uh, was uh, supporting government with drafting national risk assessment. And I was, uh, I led this process. So 
I realized that I have to submit my application to become, because there was a competition announced that new head of FIU will be appointed. So I submitted my application thinking, I need to help my country. That's the time when my country needs me most probably, since I was the one who knew the system very well. And when I was interviewed by the commission who has chosen the head of FIU, I had some kind of like listed points uh, that should be fulfilled during my four-year term if I will be appointed. I think I never had this feeling that in parallel to reforming FIU, I would also uh, be appointed as the head of Moneyval delegation and part of delegation and also will be the head of uh, this working group. But doing all this in parallel for two years, reforming FIU, which was very weak, very silent, very secretive, and also trying to really to lead our country towards not being grey-listed, I realized that not only we did it, not only we managed to not be grey-listed, and during this FADAF session, we were all the time complimented as the country that has done so many things so much in a very short one-year period, but we also felt that FIU became from this silent, nobody knows agency to the very vocal, very dynamic, I would say also very modern agency that is trying to set a standard for other FIUs saying there should be one central authority in every single country that is responsible for AML CFT system. And if there is no such authority, then most probably that country cannot be regarded as effective one, because most probably there will be no real coordination and collaboration spirit. Most probably there will be nobody who can answer to very many different requests that are all the time coming also not only to us, but, uh, but to other agencies. And sometimes there's some kind of like show a ball to other agencies so that you are not blamed for something. And uh, in two years period, we managed really to implement everything in uh, what was set by Moneyval. We also implemented all of those points or items that I listed during my interview, which I described to you some minutes ago. And afterwards, we could start, although COVID came in uh, the play, and that, of course, um, made the, this process a bit slower. But never we stopped with thinking how to make us as agency, as country, even more effective, even more serving as a role model or illustration for other countries. So we started to think how to make us even better. And right now, the end result is just uh, three weeks ago, we opened our AML Innovation Hub, which will be for time being some three, four years. And then afterwards, let's see whether we should set up some separate agency where it will stay with FIU. That AML Innovation Hub that also received funding from European Commission, which we are particularly happy about, 
that will deal with the how to make financial intelligence as intelligent as possible. So we will build our cyber muscles. We will implement artificial intelligence in our financial intelligence work. We also will focus on more strategic analysis so that we understand what we are doing here and why we are doing here. And in order to explain what I mean by this, I always felt this um, constant question inside of me. Do we know why we have AML system? Do we know what kind of KPIs we try to achieve? When it will be good <laughs> when we will do something? And I always, uh, as the assessor, uh, FADAF assessor for other countries, I also always felt that there's a clear disbalance between the duties that are put on different agencies' shoulders that are involved in AML system and their capacity, the resource provided to them. My idea about AML Innovation Hub is that we would call together different researchers, academia, criminologists, uh, statisticians, uh, lawyers, economists, who would try to understand what is the true risk level of illicit flows uh, globally, what kind of resources needed to tackle it, and what portion of that risk we can really mitigate. And then a third pillar that we want to focus on is, of course, collaboration. My answer to everything <laughs> is in relation to financial crime and also uh, how we manage to implement all those recommended actions in such a short way. I'm not saying that there should be a friendship, although I believe that those colleagues that have been involved in the process of money, well, and FATF, we definitely became friends. But collaboration is the only answer between public and private sector, and moreover, between public and public sector. So therefore, we have a dream that at some point we will start to cooperate more on regional level. Right now we want to expand to the Baltic states, afterwards hopefully also to Nordic countries. And then we also try to establish here in Latvia FIU under the AML Innovation Hub logo, Fusion Center, where FIU analysts will work together with law enforcement agencies, analysts, with anti-corruption bodies, with tax administration, so that immediately when we receive some information, some suspicious transaction report or some other leads to the financial crime, we can start to work on this together. If we see that this is a crime that exceeds the borders of one country or maybe has some very important role here in the Latvian economy. Let's say, for example, uh, nowadays, these would be sanctions and they attempt to circumvent them. Ilza, that is a great look at the past and a great look forward. Great to spend this time with you, Ilza. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ilza Zonatina, head of the Financial Intelligence Unit of Latvia. I hope you found what you heard compelling and will subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud so that you'll receive an alert for each new podcast because financial crime matters to me and to you. See you next time.